Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, episode 37, Mountains of Poop, recorded October 25th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. All right, Periodic Table number 37. 37 times we've done this. Well, 36. Yeah. Starting over again. I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it. This is being honest here. This is, I am that bad at doing this job. So yeah, welcome back everybody. Uh, Or as Aaron would say, if you were here, welcome, because you can't be back. But see, I like to think of this as one long show that's been going 37 weeks. And, and so. Very, very long show. Right. So just welcome back to the. I had to interrupt you, Mark. I had to interrupt you because Aaron's not here to do that. That's right. Yes. I was wondering who was going to do the interrupting tonight. Well, it's going to be a shared effort. So, hey, hey everybody. Uh, As we've said, Aaron's not with us tonight. He is under the weather. Uh, Unless you're in space, you're all under the weather because the weather happens above us. But he's sick, too. Uh, And and he couldn't join us tonight. He had even canceled his own podcast last night. So, um it must be bad if you miss two shows in one week. So our warm wishes uh, go out to you, Aaron, but nobody send him chicken soup because he's allergic. Uh, allergic so. chicken soup? He's, he's allergic, allergic to chicken. He's allergic to poultry. Any bird will kill him. Wow. Yeah. Not eggs, though. Oddly enough, he can eat eggs. Huh. Okay. So anyway. Um, <laughs> as long as he's not allergic to bacon. That's right. So Aaron was gone. And it took two people to fill him in, fill in for him, to fill him in. Yeah, when he when he gets back, those two people will fill him in. No, to fill in for him. So uh, we have with us uh, uh, the usual uh, co-host, Mr. Sean Kybel. Hi, Sean. How's it going? I am doing great, and it's uh, this is going to be interesting. I'm sure it will. Every week is interesting, except just, when it's boring. Just to have a woman's perspective on all yes. of this uh, craziness. And speaking of the woman, hey, Jim, Jim Beeson is with us this week. (laughs) Hi, Mark. (laughs) Regular contributor to the show and sometimes participant in the show, Mr. Jim Beeson, also known as Redneck Geek. Hi, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, making a special appearance tonight is Mrs. Opie. My wife, Barbie, is joining us. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. So, Hello, everybody. So sweet. Yeah. So she, Sean, she, do, Sean, do we need to leave these two alone? <laughs> it would be the first There's time too in like much stuff yeah, in the way. We have kids. We are never alone. <laughs> uh, so this, uh, she's always with us, um, listening and usually uh, laughing um, upstairs. So tonight, I convinced her to come down and uh, uh, sit in front of the torn mattress. That's not what it is, but that's what it looks like <laughs> on the camera. And so she's going to be uh, probably uh, just laughing a lot. And if we can get her to snort, then we'll know it's been a good night. All right. <laughs> so that's the goal. So first I have to tell you, I don't know why I have to, just because I started doing this and there's a whole lot more elements to go, that uh, element number 37 on the periodic table is rubidium. Uh, it can be liquid at room temperature. But on a hot day, um, but only on a hot day, given that its melting point is about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. It's a soft, silvery, white metallic element of the alkali metals group. 
and other stuff there that doesn't look interesting. So it also mixes well alloys with gold, cesium, sodium, potassium. And when it when you put it in fire, it becomes a yellowish violet. So for that reason, it's sometimes used in fireworks. So there you go. Rubidium. Element number 37. Well, I'm sure uh, that's the only time tonight I'm going to feel smarter. Yes, that that concludes the intelligent portion of the show. Uh, so from here we go. Anybody seen any good movies recently? Uh, no, I did see. Uh, oh, what's the horror movie? Uh, number four. It's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is that bad? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the first two shows are about. Uh, first two articles are about movies. I'm hearing I'm hearing some echo from somebody. Uh, I don't know who that is, but make it stop. Uh, I'm guessing Jim. So although actually, he did already. Actually, Sean, I think you may be referring to Paranormal Activity Four. That's the one. Yes. Which yes. is actually one of the stories that we'll talk about tonight. The first one uh, on the show. Uh, a uh, group of parents uh, took their children to what they thought was going to be the movie Madagascar 3 and instead saw Paranormal Activity 4. You saw that movie, Sean. You remember the first uh, scene of the movie? Uh, uh, Well, they're showing a couple in bed, but I don't remember remember that. The opening scene of the movie is a flashback from one of the, uh, from the first movie. Oh, that, yes. Uh, yeah, yes. that's right. The opening scene is the yes. way the first, the last one ended. So it's a woman's bloodied corpse being thrown at the screen. So you're sitting there, you're watching all the previews. Now, here, here's what I'm thinking about this. You're, you're watching the previews. They're all for like Disney movies and, and 3D stuff. The lights go down. Everything's good. And then a bloodied corpse is thrown at the screen. Welcome to the new Disney, everybody. Um, This was in... Uh, I've lost the location. Somebody find it for me while I vamp. I can't remember. Uh, but Florida. Oh, of course. It was Florida. Why wouldn't it be Florida? Of course. Uh, <laughs> Did I do that right? <laughs> yeah, Aaron would be proud. So, uh, yeah, t- uh, 25 families, 100 people or so, uh, were packed into the theater to see the 10 a.m. screening of Madagascar 3. And that's not what happened. Um. The, uh, a t- a uh, eyewitness says uh, it was a terrifying scene where a body shoots upward, uh, and it was enough to make grown men jump. All you could hear were children crying and screaming, and everyone was upset. She said her son doesn't ever want to set foot in the movie again. Okay, I just, I got to call BS on that, because um, that movie, the the third one, the previous one, really wasn't that scary. And that scene is really not a bloody corpse. It's a woman holding a child that gets sort of thrown up towards the camera. But I mean, while it's mildly, scary, it ain't a zebra in a in a clown wig, which is what they were expecting to see. Well, sure, but it, it's uh, I just the way this is all worded is is please we're gonna file a lawsuit. Oh yeah, it. it's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, all I can say is my, my six-year-old watched Paranormal Activity 3 over and over again, her and her cousins. That that movie was mildly scary for 
probably a total of 30 seconds throughout the entire movie. Wow. And actually, this wasn't in Florida. It was in Bullwell, Knotts, uh, Nottingham. Uh, it, was in, it was in England. So, uh, huh? yeah, my children would not be anywhere near a horror movie of any kind. And if they had seen a woman being thrown at the screen, it would have been quite um, uh, traumatic to them. So, yeah, your six-year-old and my six-year-old clearly have different uh, movie habits. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, because mine just mildly entertaining to her. She just isn't. Now, the the current one, I will say uh, they did a much better job of uh, putting in some freak out stuff. Uh, that one made me jump a couple of times, but, uh, these movies are horrible. Mark, I, I, you apparently haven't seen any of them. No, they're, I don't watch horror movies. They're like, not okay. There's, let's say it's 90 minutes. It's about 85 minutes of home video nonsense, just yeah. boring people around the house and a, a grand total of probably five minutes of scary stuff thrown in there. See, here's the here's the reason I don't watch them. There is zero minutes of scary stuff. There is nothing scary in a horror movie. It is gory, or it's some guy jumping out at you. That that is like the lowest form of entertainment possible. It's like all the Hollywood tropes that have been done over and over again for the last eighty years, and they just keep pushing out the same thing. I mean, I grew up in the in the eighties where the slasher movie was king. I've seen all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Um, and, and not one of them was ever scary one time, you know, they're startling. Startling is not scary. It's a whole different thing. Uh, and so I just, I just grew to hate them. Not only do I not like them, I hate them. It's, it's, uh, it's offensive to me when somebody treats me, uh, like an animal, which is essentially what the directors of these movies do. Oh, sure. They're going after that, that type of response. No, the ones I like, I, I kind of tend to, I mean, I like the ones that surprise you, have some surprise in it, whatever, but uh, I don't know if you'll, any of y'all will remember these ones. Uh, of course, I think you will Phantasm, and then there was Salem's Lot, which I think Salem's Lot was a made-for-TV like miniseries, but those were ones that, to me, freaked me out. Like, they built up this whole scary thing um, I don't know. Anybody got any of their favorites? I don't particularly care for movies anyway, so this is out of my league. <laughs> well, I just, I just had this vision though of of my kids getting scared and attaching themselves to me like leeches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my kids get scared like during the primetime commercials. I'm watching football. And a, an advertisement for paranormal activity comes on, and it's just you know a weird scene and a woman screaming, and that's enough to freak them out. So th- I would never actually take them to one of these movies. Maybe you know, maybe when they're fifteen or twenty, or you know, when, whenever they're ready, uh, then I will introduce them to the the horror genre. But right now, I don't even think I'd let them see Frankenweenie. <laughs> <laughs> They sometimes get scared in a Disney movie, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Up was too dramatic for two of my three kids. They they couldn't handle it. The that dog, movie had one of the most just heart-wrenching, like, beginnings. Yeah, the first eight minutes will rip your heart out. It really will. Yeah. But, yeah, the scene where the dogs are chasing after them and, and uh, you know, before the cone of shame comes into play, that was too much for them. They couldn't handle it. Or when the house was on fire. So uh, we got one more movie story 
a uh, Chinese billionaire uh, spent $130 million on a film that he wrote, directed, and produced. Who didn't see this as being a bad thing? Because <laughs> when the guy who is footing the bill is also the guy writing it, who's going to tell him the writing is bad? <laughs> Especially when he's a multi-billionaire. So uh, the the movie uh, the the article says that he was he wanted to write uh, a uh, an epic saga akin to um, Avatar right? Avatar, but underwater. And a couple of reviews have called it a freaky live action Little Mermaid. So he kind of missed the mark. Uh, and there's a, I'll put a link, uh, of course, in the show notes, and I'll put it in the chat room for anybody watching. Uh, there's a there's a little two minute, uh, what do they call this trailer of it? And the trailer is terrible. It's like it's like sea monkeys uh, dressed up in blue paint. It's horrible. I can't believe this costs $130 million. I'm sure I could have made a better movie than this. And I don't know anything about making movies. But it's just, that's a, such a low bar to make a better movie than this. But my prediction is it's going to be huge. Not in the theaters. You're not going to get major release. But this is going to become the new Dr. Horrible sing-along blog or the new Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's going uh, to be yeah. the bad movie that everybody has to see. So oh, that's my prediction. China. Oh, it's in English. Um, ah. And uh, there's like, uh, according to the story, there's one famous actress who stuck it out and all the others left. And so she's surrounded by like community playhouse actors. One and, famous Chinese actress. Right. Yes. And uh, and so she's she's trying to, to raise the level of these cheesy sets and horrible special effects Frankly, I'm looking forward to it. When it comes out on DVD, I'll buy it because this is exactly the kind of terrible movie that I enjoy. Well, uh, maybe maybe that actress got paid 129 million. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's where your budget overruns went right there. She's a little too accommodating. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Uh, it- Jim said he wasn't really into movies. Uh, I bet we have a story. That had, had, yeah, how do you start accommodating? <laughs> <laughs> Try it with a couple of C's and see what happens. Okay. So uh, in a follow-up story to one that we've had a couple of uh, shows about maybe a couple of months ago, remember the uh, the strip uh, club that yep. said pole dancing was art? And that was their uh, their reason for not wanting to pay taxes. Well, a New York court says not so much. Pay the taxes. Um, what's interesting, though, it was a it was a split decision. It was four to three, and and the dissenting opinion uh, is actually makes a lot of sense. The judge who wrote the dissenting opinion uh, basically says it is not up to the government to define what art is. Uh, just because it's lowbrow doesn't mean it's not art. There's almost, I'm paraphrasing what he said, there's almost no difference between a ballerina twirling on a stage and a stripper twirling on a pole. It's music, it's movement, it's exactly the same thing. The only difference is we think one of them is okay and not the other. So he makes a good argument, but in the end, pole dancing is not art, pay your taxes. 
Hmm. The Texas Supreme Court would have been uh, four to three the other way, or maybe five to two. Six to one. What, do you think the Supreme Court would have let it go as long as they got got their lap dances? Of course. Yeah. So they would have uh, asked the girls back to their chambers for a more thorough investigation? Mm, probably so. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just the difference between, you know, New York is a much more liberal state than Texas is. Right. I believe there would have been, you know, the, the, that would not have been a dissenting opinion. That would have been the opinion. What, the opinion that... Uh that you should let it happen? Because that was the dissenting opinion. The dissenting opinion was that you should let it happen, uh, that it's not our place to, to define art. Well, you know, part of me says that that's more of a conservative constitutionalist opinion, but then you get some of these conservatives that right. you know, are Bible thumpers that would have said, we can't have that in our backyard. Yeah, and, and I'm actually one of those uh, Bible-thumping conservatives who, who agrees with the dissent there. Uh, and the judge says, you know, um, I'm a prude. I don't agree with this, but this is not the law. And we, what we have to look at here is the law. And I like that kind of thinking, uh, that, uh, that this is what the law says, this is what we will do kind of thinking. We need more judges like that in the world. Too many judges like to write law from the bench. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sean's indication that he is bored and we should move on. <laughs> If they don't call him the best color man in business for nothing. That's right. That's right. And this next one is almost a trend that we're seeing here. I'm calling this one, hello, is it me you're crying for? Um, just as Sean has said many times, don't die outside the U.S. Um, a Brazilian man showed up at his own wake, caused a bit of a stir, as you might imagine. <laughs> um, apparently... Um, Gil, Gilbert, Gilberto Arrujo, 41, uh, heard from a friend on the street that his family thought he was dead and was busy getting ready to bury him. So he <laughs> decided to head straight to the wake and clear things up. Maybe that's not the best way to have handled that situation. Perhaps he should have asked somebody to come out, you know, send your friend in, say, hey, tell my dad. No, no. He walked right in, into the middle of the party and said, here I am. And people kind of freaked out. Turns out there was just some random dead guy that they had in the coffin standing in the corner that they were throwing a party for. They still don't know who it was. Yeah, it says, yeah, they had this this corpse that looked surprisingly like him. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> right? I mean, how do you... Some dude, they just go grab the body and they're like, yeah. ah, this looks like Joe. And right. I mean... Well, and he actually even tried to call one of his buddies and say, hey, I'm alive. And that person he called thought it was a crank call. Right. So, yeah. So, there's this guy over there in the corner. Mom looks at him and goes, yeah, that looks close enough. That must be him. <laughs> he's wow. got hair. He's got eyes. There's a nose there. That's my son. <laughs> hey, hey Barb, would you make that mistake? I don't think so. <laughs> I love this one, Mark. You know how Aaron's so fond of quoting the last line. This one starts off the the first line is the is the good one. Yeah. There was screaming. There was fainting. It doesn't happen every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why it's on the periodic table. So uh, when it was all over, Mama said, "I'm just beside myself with joy." What mother who has told her son is dead is not going to be overjoyed when she sees her son alive again. So it's a good news. It's a good story. But um, I don't know. For, for future reference, if you find out your family thinks you're dead, 
maybe walking into the party is not the best way to do it. Maybe. I don't know. I think I'd have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I start sending text messages to people. Sure. Why not? <laughs> that reminds me of something I saw on the internet. Um, cause so, you know, it's true. It was a screen sh- capture of a phone conversation that said, uh, hi, I found this phone. Your number was the first one on the top of it. Will you tell this person that, uh, I found their phone and it's, and then the reply back was tell who, and the response was the person whose name is at the top of this message. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Five, six, seven text message. Hey Mike, somebody found your phone. <laughs> so he thought the best way to to spread that message was to text message the phone that had been lost just to goes to show you there is no shortage of idiots on the internet i've had people send me emails tell them tell me their email down <laughs> yeah yeah well i always uh laughed uh when i was working in in tech support the way we would communicate back and forth about tickets was via email and so somebody would send me a ticket that says I can't get to my email. How was I supposed to respond to that? If I reply to the ticket, they're never going to see it because they can't get to their email. <laughs> it's one of those redundant things. So Jim, what are your uh what did your kids call you when you were growing up? Well, I don't know if that's uh uh it will be broadcast over the air. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> this this is that show, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I have I have no kids of my own, so oh, okay. I never made them call me dad. But uh, they call. I'm sure I call my dad dad or a yeah. ho or whatever. Yeah. Anybody ever refer to you as the old man or my old man? Yeah, yeah. Well, when Ramit Ragav, when his children call him the old man, they're not kidding, because he just had his second son at the age of 96 years old. He had his first son at the age of 94. He's getting a late start. So uh, he's an Indian fellow. He's uh, the oldest father on record. Um, His wife is a spry 54. Uh, And he says he's very happy to have uh, another son to uh, carry on the family name. And then he goes on to a bizarre bit of bragging about... I don't know if it's bragging or complaining. It's kind of hard to tell that he's had to stop his all night long sexcapades because now he has a kid in the house and he doesn't want to disturb them. But typically before that, he would go all night long. And he says that almond milk and fruit is the uh, the explanation for his his stamina. <laughs> almond milk and fruit. Yes. There's going to be a run on almond milk and fruit in the very near future. This guy's in pretty amazing shape for being what 94, 90, 98 or 96, 96. He's in pretty good shape. Look at those biceps. He doesn't look a day over 75. That that's a true statement. Yeah. So, uh, world's oldest, here's the headline. World's oldest dad does it again. Well, he does have sex three times a night. Thank you. Daily mail online for that headline. <laughs> How could that headline not appear on this show? Honestly. Wow. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, the old man is acting up again, literally. So when his kid is a teenager, he will be a hundred 
and 15 or 120 years old. You think you'll now, make it? I don't know. With that much action, I I don't know if that's going to keep you alive or, or wear you him. out. I'm not sure which. <laughs> he'll be smiling either way. <laughs> yeah, he'll be smiling either way. Good, good. That's a good show title. So, but how how old was the mother? Fifty four. Okay. So she had her first child when she was fifty two. Yeah, that's on the high side as yes, well. That, yes, it is way on the high side. So I'm wondering if somebody's fudging some numbers here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> By like three or four decades. <laughs> Oops. I'm sorry. This is 2012. I, my mistake. <laughs> but I, I'm not lying about the three times a night. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so sure of that. Yeah. Mark. Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> so in, in, in a, one of those things, have you ever seen the blog, I think it's a blog, called First World Problems? Here's a yes. first world problem. Um, a blogger whose name just ran out of my head, Manish, he's a New York uh, writer, that's what he does for a living, um, decided that he spent too much time on Facebook. And so he had a solution for spending less time on Facebook. He put a Craigslist ad out for somebody to slap him every time he got on Facebook. So he hired a person and paid them, paid this woman actually, to sit beside him all day long as he writes. And every time he opens Facebook, she slaps him. He says his productivity has has exploded. I would think... That for something like that, you could get people to pay you rather than pay them. Yeah. Uh, Manishsethi.com. That's uh, his address. Uh, his web address, also known as hackthesystem.com. Uh, he says his website is all about unconventional ways to increase your productivity. Manish, that qualifies as an unconventional way. You have succeeded. So there's a great picture here on the website of this. Um, probably 23-year-old uh, white woman sitting next to a 30-year-old Indian man ready to just wail on him. Now, in some places, you pay extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> so so what did he find? Did he find some woman who's mad because her old man beats her all the time? So. <laughs> no. Obviously, there's some passive-aggressive issues going on there. Uh, he says, when are you most productive? Depending on your personality, personality, you might not need alone time. Um, so he goes on and says, I measured my productivity in a nifty little app um, that sits in the background of the computer and measures the amount of time you spend on your computer and on each website. It lets you see exactly how much time you spend hard at work on your Excel spreadsheet and how much time you wasted watching uh, episodes of The League. Nothing makes me more embarrassed than seeing the amount of hours I spent spent wasted on Reddit, Reddit and Facebook chat. Thirty eight percent of that time was productive. The rest of it unproductive. So I went on Craigslist, put up an advertisement, and waited to see if anyone would buy would bite. Here's the the uh, <clears throat> the ad. Hey, I'm looking for someone who can work next to me at a defined location, my house or a mission cafe, and will will make sure to watch what is happening on my screen. When I'm wasting my time, you'll have to yell at me, or if need be, slap me. 
You can do your own work at the same time. Looking for help ASAP in Mission near 16th Street. Compensation, $8 an hour, and you can do your own work from your computer at the same time. Within minutes, my inbox began blowing up. I received 20 emails in less than an hour from people who loved the idea. I don't think I'll be trying that anytime soon. Mrs. Opie sitting next to me, I'm sure, would be more than willing to accommodate me. Should I choose to be slapped every time I did something I shouldn't? But uh, I don't think I'm going to try it. What do you guys think? An effective method or just a way to get a blog post? I just want to know if Mrs. Opie is uh, willing to take you up on your offer. (laughs) (laughs) You got to see that face. (laughs) I think she's afraid Uh, I might slap back. Right. I'm thinking this guy, this is just a ploy to meet a woman. <laughs> yeah, but look at the kind of woman he's meeting. Is that really what you want? Well, I mean, he's not exactly the prize pig. You know? So, uh, yeah. Wanted woman to beat me senseless for the rest of my life. This is sounding strangely reminiscent of the movie Never Been Kissed. Okay, it's just the male version, right? He's just like desperate, right? Nothing else has worked. I know what I'll do. I'll throw this out there. <laughs> I mean, he didn't find a guy, right? Yeah. And I guess that makes sense too, right? If you're going to hire somebody to slap you, it's not going to yeah. be Hogan. It's not going to be a boxer, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Of course, the the slapping, that's just uh, sensational high, high, uh, headlines. He does say, let me know, and if need be, slap me. So she probably just looks up and says, hey. Stop that. But it, it makes a better headline to say slapping. So uh, speaking of beer, um, <laughs> we do our fair share of, of alcohol-related uh, topics on this on this show. Uh, yes, Shun, the, are, are the you, best has already been done, Mark. <laughs> yes, the German. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was that called? I don't even remember. I don't want to know. Never mind. But um, in, uh, the image, that is the only website I will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Just the imagery. <laughs> anyway. So, so um, Sean, do you like beer? I do like beer, actually. How about you, Jim? Yes, from time to time. So what do you consider the perfect pour at a bar? Uh, for me, about a quarter, a quarter inch of suds. Not uh, even that much. What else? Yeah. Do you like Not it? You like, does it need to be cold or do you like it sort of room temperature ish or, uh, the, the, the best beer is cold free beer followed by free beer, followed by cold beer. That's your top three. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So if it's warm and free, that counts. All right. Well, in what is sure to have been a government-funded project, a uh, a scientist says that he has cracked the code of the perfect pint. So he's uh, he's in the UK. Uh, he's developed a formula. The equation takes into account the availability of snacks, the ambient room temperature, the number of days until you're required back at work. <laughs> <laughs> So the resulting formula is E equals minus 0.62T2 plus 39.2W2 plus 62.4P2 plus 21.8T 
plus 184.4 W plus 395.4 P. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that. E stands for enjoyment. T stands for temperature. W is the number of days recorded required uh, before the drinker is back at work. P is the number of drinking companions. M is for mood. V is the, for the volume of the background music, while S and F are left to re- relate to snack foods available. <laughs> awesome. So they have quantified the perfect pour. That's now that's a sad. that's a number, so I'm guessing just the higher the number, right? Uh, the the better the enjoyment. So score yeah, your e score, the enjoyment score. Uh, so you put all those things together. This is the complex formula was devised after researchers polled researchers researchers. That's what we're calling them these days. Um, polled a thousand volunteers from across the country on what conditions they preferred when drinking their pint. Dr. David Lewis calculated the former at Mind Lab on behalf of a pub chain, Taylor, Wa- uh, Taylor Walker. Okay, so it wasn't a government-funded project. And said, following all of our research, we developed a formula for the perfect pint. They were only able to find a 1,000 volunteers? <laughs> That's maybe all they could afford to pay. Oh. He must have got his doctorate at UT. <laughs> <laughs> Arizona State. Those are the party schools. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think maybe Florida State would be right in yeah. there. As yeah. with all the drunkenness in Florida stories we have. Yeah. Well, there, there's that would be the case if there was like N for naked in there. Right. As well. Nice segue. Um, <laughs> returning to our old friend, Will Greenley, who we're, we're going to get on the show. We're going to make it happen at some point. Yeah, we, I've seen the correspondence has been back yeah. and forth, and we just never make it happen. It's just a scheduling thing right now. we got to make it work. He doesn't want to be up this late at night. Yeah. Um, but in Marin County, uh, Marin County, um, Washington? No. Marin County, Nevada? No. That's not it. They're Marin County, California, but I don't think it's that Marin County. No, not this kind. Marin County, Florida. A man sporting a hat but no clothes was arrested after telling a deputy his friend set him up. You gotta keep your hat on. Yeah, you can leave your hat on. The naked white male wearing only a hat was identified as 53-year-old David Allen Parlier. So he must be an axe murderer because we have his middle name. The deputy wrote in the arrest affidavit, I noticed he had defecated on himself. Because how could you not notice that? Yeah. That's not exactly a subtle thing. Um, and then I love Will Greenlee. He, he puts in there in the middle, a hat is a covering for the head that can be worn for decoration, protection, ceremony, or other reasons. <laughs> he is great. <laughs> says the affidavit did not state whether uh, Parlier's hat was a top hat, booty hat, cowboy hat, fast beret, dunce cap, pork pie hat, 10-gallon hat, skull cap, straw hat, sun hat, Panama hat, military helmet, or another type of hat entirely. When asked why he was in the parking lot naked, he stated that he was set up by his friends. Did they make him poop on himself too? <laughs> I think maybe he was in a car with his friends, he pooped on himself, they dumped him in, in a parking lot and took his clothes. That's the way I see it happening. Where the poop came from, I don't know. Well, no, I know where it came from. Why it was there, I don't know. Glad to know you know where poop comes from, Mark. 
I have cleaned up mountains of it for, with, over the years with my kids. I know. Mountains of poop. No, that's not going to be a show title. <laughs> I'm glad Aaron's not here. I don't even yeah. want to know what the sound would be. <laughs> yes. Um, so the deputy couldn't find any clothes for him, so he gave him a garbage bag. <laughs> Witness said he came into a convenience store naked, and the convenience store worker yelled at him, told him to get out when he tried to open the doors of the vehicles, just randomly trying to find some place he could get his poop self into. Wow. <laughs> I love the charge here. He was arrested on a misdemeanor exposure of sexual organs charge. Somebody actually wrote that in a law book. <laughs> misdemeanor exposure of sexual organs. Also, Is there a felony? <laughs> is there a felony version of that? Because <laughs> I want to know what that is. <laughs> or is there an acceptable version? Like if that's the misdemeanor, what's the, you know, considered appropriate? Staying in Florida, um, Manatee County, uh, Bradenton, Bradenton, Florida. Oh, I I know where I've been to Bradenton. Yes. Uh, uh, Two burglary suspects were arrested early Monday after they got lost while trying to leave the neighborhood and drove by the (laughs) crime scene while deputies were investigating. About 5.20 a.m., a neighbor saw Darian A. Caruso, 19, and James Hardy, 19, carrying items from a house in uh, the 900 block of 69th Avenue West, and they called 911. While deputies were investigating, they drove by the crime scene, according to the news release. Quote, they were lost in the neighborhood and trying to find their way out. Deputies stopped, stopped the car and located items belonging to the victim in plain view. Caruso and Hardy were arrested and charged with armed burglary. So among the things they stole, a map was not on the list. <laughs> this, uh, this is, wow, this is real close to home. Uh, my ex-brother. So the last time you stole something, you got lost? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> my ex-brother-in-law is a sheriff deputy for that sheriff's department i wish i had seen this i would have called him and asked him uh just to see it would have been great if he was the arresting officer you know i could have maybe got him on the show <laughs> wow wow that's and who would have, who would have thought that culty sacks were crime fighting tools yes well you know it uh where I live, if you don't know where you are and if you're not supposed to be there, it's easy to get turned around. So I can see that. But, you know, maybe five extra minutes of planning, like maybe five seconds. Hey, Fred, when we leave here, do we turn left or right? That would have made all the difference in the world. You said they were 19? <laughs> yes. I don't think they thought it through very well. No. They just smash and grab. Didn't quite work out for them. I bet they know where their cells are, though. I don't think age makes any difference here. <laughs> this is all about IQ, isn't it? <laughs> Which roughly is 19 as well. So uh, this next story is about Arby's in Dayton, um, Dayton, Fairborn, Illinois, right? That's where Dayton is. That's, that sounds Ohio. right. Ohio. That's it. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's it's one of those Yankee states. 
Um, (laughs) An assistant manager at Arby's uh, was closing up. She had just let the the person who was working with her go and heard a knock at the door. She thought maybe the, the employee had forgotten something, went to the door, and there was a man standing there with a knife. A uh, woman uh, named uh, Mrs. Archer. Um, I'm, I'm not seeing her first name. I'm sure it's there. I'm just not seeing it. Uh, she's 56 years old. Uh, that uh, that there was a man uh, standing over the knife who said, give me money. And he began to um, uh, push, push her away. And so she eventually backed up into the uh, drive-thru window, crawled out the drive-thru window, and ran next door to a convenience store called the cops. Uh, the man was arrested. Um, everything's happy, except she got fired. So what what do you think the charge might be? Don't read the article. Why do you think she might have gotten fired for this? Uh, resisting in a robbery attempt? Maybe. But that would make sense, right? Uh, well, usually, I mean, a lot of a lot of companies, especially banks, train their employees. You know, yeah. do not resist. Go along with whatever the person's requesting no uh she was fired because you're not ever supposed to have one person in the store at a time the uh hr guy called her in the next day uh you've been through this sean you used to manage people you you put a piece a document in front of them and say this is what you did do you agree that this is what you did sign here if you agree that this is what you did right so yeah, that's what happened. And she said, yeah, I, for like five minutes, I was alone. That was in breach of policy, and they fired her. So that that's the, the gist of the story. But here's what got me. This is the reason the story is in here for me. She had been working at Arby's for 23 years. Who works at Arby's for 23 years? She's 56 years old. So she got the job when she was 33. For 23 years, she worked at Arby's. That's the crime. <laughs> that's what's wrong with this story wow yeah that's crazy but when you what is your retirement plan when you work at arby's for 23 years a lifetime supply of sliced beef <laughs> <sighs> i'm sure she had some sort of 401k i mean those companies have that stuff yeah but uh hmm but she was an assistant manager for most of that time, so she might have been making a yeah. quasi decent. I, and know, I don't mean to de- to mean to demean people in that. Yes, I do. Let's face it, I'm demeaning people in that position. Uh, but no, I understand that the the service industry needs to needs people, and I get that. But uh, it just sort of strikes me as is if you're if you're rounding say the twenty year mark, and you're still. Managing a burger joint, you might need to look back and consider some life changes. So maybe there's some something else you want to do with your life. Mark, I can tell you in our organization, we have delivery drivers that are with us over 20 years. Delivery drivers. That's right. You work yeah. for you work for a pizza joint. I forgot that. Yeah, for, work for a pizza chain, and you know, and what I've seen over the years is that. Some people, that seems to be their lot in life. You know, they seem to be best suited for being an assistant manager. So I'm yeah. setting myself up here. Send me the hate mail. I'm being elitist. I fully recognize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if my daughter, any one of my daughters, works at a fast food restaurant for more than about five years, we're going to have a serious talk. I got I, I to gotta jump on the other side of that, Mark. 
because uh, what that makes me think of, and I have so much more respect for this lady than uh, she could have stepped down one level and been living off of welfare. And there's there's a whole big portion of our uh, uh, population that choose to do that that I would much prefer see them work at Arby's for 20 years. But you're a manager, right? You've got management experience. Well, don't you want to go out at some point and try to parlay that into – you know, manage a restaurant instead of a burger joint and then take that to, uh, you know, another bigger something else. Is there, is there uh, no ambition? Uh, no, I've seen that, uh, a number of times there. And I don't want to say it's a woman thing, but I have, it, it's always shocked me because it's never happened with a man, but I have several on several occasions offered a woman a promotion and she's turned it down. So, you know, there, who knows, you know, there could be a family life at home. They're really not, they're not looking for that, that they don't want the career. They need a paycheck, uh, to pay the bills or whatever, but that ambition is not there. That's not the number one priority in their life. And, uh, so I've certainly seen that. Well, and I think this woman, if I remember reading the story, right, was a single mom and had raised a, a kid or two. So if she was in that position and found a job situation that allowed her to support her family, and still be able to go to the plays or help with homework or be home in the evening with the child, I could see her putting her career on hold. That's not anything new. Right. And I mean, that's kind of typical, right? That's the, that's the, uh, I don't know if I want to say average family, but that's what, uh, people tend to think of, right? Like the man goes out, uh, pursues career aggressively, uh, and the woman's the nurturer, right? She, she's the one whisking the kids off to the, to the plays and soccer practice and everything else. Uh, I, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I guess I'm just rejecting the notion, uh, Jim, like you said, that, uh, that this is their lot in life. You know, I don't, maybe I'm, I'm being overly optimistic about the human race, I just think that everybody should always be aspiring to be more than they are. Um, but if she was a great mom, though. That's a good point. I, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now at 56, I'm, uh, you know, there's probably uh, even now there's grandchildren, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Jim, that's a good point. I mean, she might be the, she might've been the greatest mother and greatest grandmother to ever live. So. And the story did say that she's not going to go back to Arby's. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. want her job. And the vice president of Arby's uh, commented saying, you know, you don't you don't like this. It's not the right way to happen, but she, in a very public way, violated our policy, and we can't have that. Well, and, and, you know, what they don't say in this also is that on one hand, yes, she violated the policy, but in those jobs, there is a lot of pressure to control cost. You know, 10 or 15 minutes early for somebody to get off you know, people think that's huge to control that bottom line. So it may be on her to, you know, you're spending too much on labor, you're spending too much on labor. So she's trying to cut wherever, and then she gets bit in the butt because this happens. See, I was really trying to make this funny, and you guys took it all serious. So I'm just going to bail out while I can. <laughs> you, you never can tell where we're going to go. I mean, funny sometimes we bring up these stories and uh they end up being hilarious when they didn't really look like they had the potential and then other times you get a, one like this and yeah we comment on the uh you know such deep topics so this next one i'm calling a story for the season uh in uh patterson t 
TWP. What does that even mean? Township. Patterson yeah. Township. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm not a Yankee. I'm not familiar with those abbreviations. Um, uh, that's I, I, I think that's in New York. That sounds right. New York State. Um, a bus and a truck were involved in a collision. However, there were no drivers involved in the collision. Um, Patterson Police Chief uh, Rich Sindrich, wow, that's unfortunate, said the bus driver, (laughs) whom he did not identify, had finished the morning routes and parked the empty school bus shortly after 9.30 a.m. on a hilly uh, street. About 9.55 a.m., the bus uh, began to roll down the hill. It rear-ended a parked truck, which sheared off the uh, parking brake, and it began to roll down the hill. Truck and and bus rode side-by-side, driverless, down the hill for about a block, and then the truck flipped over. The bus kept going, ran through a uh, and, and knocked over a street, uh, a, a light post, and then kept going and clipped another light post. The truck made a hard right turn and stopped inches away from somebody's front door. And the uh, and the bus finally uh, ran into something big enough to stop it. <laughs> so the whole incident only lasted, you know, less than a mile and a few seconds. But I had a, that. What a sight that must have been <laughs> to see these two industrial vehicles drive drag racing essentially, right? Driving side by side down the street. With no, with nobody in them. Yeah, and you and you got rescue people. You know, good Samaritans gonna go try to rescue the drivers and open up the doors. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're watching that. You see this accident. You run to make sure everybody's all right. There's nobody in there. <laughs> so they they they're saying that either the the brake on the bus malfunctioned or somebody tampered with it. That's smart police detective work right there. Either it malfunctioned or somebody tampered with it. Uh, and they're working on figuring out which. Okay, so if somebody tampered with it, wouldn't it have malfunctioned? I'm just saying. All right, knock it off. You're being far <laughs> too logical here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so that's just a funny, I mean, I'm sure it was scary at the moment, but uh, it it's fits the Halloween season. Ghostly vehicles drag racing it slow speeds down a hill mark that that just reminded me of uh this was probably a year ago we were at my brother's house and uh we just happened to be right outside the front door we were either coming or going and uh there's my brother there me and my mom and we hear this kind of loud bang and we look over and uh, there was a truck. My my brother lives pretty close to a lake, and there was a truck that had been towing a boat, and the the trailer came detached from the truck. So the truck's driving, and the trailer's detached, but still going forward. Right? I mean, it's still moving, and we're all we looking. We're looking at this, but my mom, she screams like bloody horror, like somebody is dying because this trailer is going down the street, <laughs> and it ends up taking out a mailbox and coming to rest. It's no big deal, but uh, that that just reminded me of that because uh, you know you'd have to know my mom. She's a total drama queen. Would thought somebody was an axe murderer was hacking a child to death, uh, so. Anyway, 
that's my aside. So just to make sure that uh, Florida doesn't have all the stupid criminals, let's go to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where a fellow by the name of Frank Rodriguez Tapia, who's 20 years old, was in the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office. He'd been, in, he'd been arrested. He was in jail. He was processed, released, and ordered to go to um, uh, an electronic monitoring office. He was going to get one of those bracelets that they they put on on your on your feet or, or wrist. On the way out of the jail, he swiped eighty bucks and went and bought himself lunch, and then went to the electronic monitoring center. So they were they had another perp. Uh, in there that they were processing and they they took all his personal effects from him and they laid the money out on the table so that they could account for it. That's what they do. So while some uh, the guard had his bike uh, back turned, Mr. Rodriguez Tapia uh, swiped the $80 on his way out of jail. On videotape, I might add. <laughs> and then when he showed up, yeah, th- that's the amazing thing. He went and treated himself to lunch he showed up at the at the uh, processing center where he was going to be uh, monitored, admitted to the theft, turned over the remaining $67 because he spent 13 on a burger, and then went right back to jail. The, uh, the sheriff's office, uh, Lieutenant William Pancheco, said you'd think after three or four times in jail, you'd take to heart while you're in there. Maybe try to change your behavior. Not so much. Maybe, like the Arby's woman, he likes jail. That's just his lot in life. He's happy with it. He doesn't want to leave. There are certainly those people in this world. Wow. So, I would have, if, if you just said the story and didn't say where it was from, I, would have, I probably would have bet $100 that it was Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's 20 years old and he's been in jail five times. So, I mean, this is not, he's a seasoned criminal. He's just not very good at it. You know, maybe maybe if you're going to steal, the police station is not the best place to do it. Well, if you're going to steal 80 bucks, I think I would have found a Texas roadhouse or something to get a good meal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he liked burgers. So that's, uh, I don't know, is that a dumb criminal or is that just beyond dumb i mean there's like dumb and then there's protozoa brain that that's that's what i'm seeing of this guy i I would love to see us just put a law in place that allows for these kinds of people like you know let's let's buy an island or or something let's just get rid of them permanently you (laughs) do not qualify (laughs) we know that happened once it's called australia exactly england tried yeah yes (laughs) And maybe that's why those are some of the most fascinating people on earth. <laughs> Apparently, that's where they sent all the hot women, too, if you've been there. <laughs> well, there were the hookers there just to, to service the criminals. So that's the descendants there. Okay. That, that explains a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> totally made that up. But uh, so. <laughs> well, but the, but the hookers in England were criminals, too. So. <laughs> Now I'm I'm guessing if we have any any listeners from Australia, we're we're going to hear from them this yeah. week. Yeah. yeah, and if we have any listeners who are hookers, 
We'll probably hear from them too. Because <laughs> we've already offended the massage parlor set a number of times on the show. This is the first time we've gone after the hookers specifically. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you're doing a good job when you are offending hookers. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new standard of low right there. So, uh, with our previous conversation about beer earlier, um, either of you guys ever gotten so drunk you couldn't remember where you parked? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, no. Sean, yes? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Now, I have, I, I myself, when I was 18 years old, went into a mall through one door, came out of the mall on another door, and couldn't find my truck and thought somebody had stolen my truck. Now, you have to understand the irony of this because what I drove was a 1967 half-ton pickup truck that I had literally named the Green Piece because it was such a piece of crap. It was baby faded green. It was ugly. It barely ran. And my outrage was not that somebody stole it, but why the heck would somebody steal it? So I wandered around that parking lot for almost an hour until I realized, wait a minute, I didn't go in Foley's. I went in this other store. <laughs> and so I found my truck. I went on my way. A German. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It just I, That just made me think. You know they have apps for that now? Yeah, yeah. I, you, in out fact, of your car and like on your phone, you know, use the GPS and say, boom, mark this spot. Basically, this is where my car is. And then, yeah. I do that. If I'm at uh, like a zoo or some really large place that I've never been to before, as soon as I get out of the car, I mark a waypoint so that I can get back to it. Yeah. And since I did that, I've never lost my car. But <laughs> the day I forget to, I lose my car. Yeah, surely. <laughs> Elise and I went to Kroger today and this guy... Um, pulls out his remote and mashes the panic button so he can find his car. <laughs> I've done that. I'll confess no, I to having done that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually a story about this, right, Mark? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. There. <laughs> it's a big lead-in. So in Germany, um, a man. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to find a delicate way uh, to put this so that I don't give it all away at once. Uh, a man goes out and has uh, enjoys some German beers. Uh, he's an unnamed man. Uh, he, and he has maybe a little more beer than he should. And when he stumbles out of the bar, he can't find his car. So he comes back the next day, even still can't find it. Calls the police. Police can't find it. This was in 2010. This week they found his car in a parking lot, two and a half miles from where he thought he had been. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so somebody, um, a parking, a, a cop was was in the parking lot and noticed that the inspection sticker had expired, and so he he wrote him a ticket, and then started trying to track the owner. Found the guy, called him up, and said, "Do you drive a you know whatever 2004 Honda Accord?" Well, no, but I used to. Well, it's illegally parked over here. And I can just see his car that was like, oh, <laughs> right. That's where I parked it. <laughs> I knew I was too drunk to drive, so I walked over to the next bar. 
This was in December 2010, almost exactly two years ago. He found his car. He has it back now, untouched, and in the car, in the in the boot, in the boot, as they say, uh, in the in the trunk, were about fifty thousand dollars worth of tools. So he was apparently a contractor that are still there, that you know nobody ever bothered to mess with. Awesome. That's a great story. Now that's that's a serious drunk right there. When you lose your car for two years. That's German beer for you. <laughs> I can't imagine why he didn't want his name printed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of uh, American Idol. Smooth segue. Uh, any of you guys ever watch American Idol? Uh, used to. Yeah, used to. Jim, yeah. how about you? I'm sorry. I try to avoid it like a plague. No, okay. Well... There was a fellow on there a few years ago who had a catchy song called Pants on the Ground. Remember that, that guy? Yeah, that guy was great. Yeah, he was an old, like, uh, a general or admiral or something. Yeah. Uh, and he was there in his military uniform singing Pants on the Ground, Pants on the Ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, in uh, Cocoa Beach, where is that? Florida. Florida. Florida! In the in Cocoa, Florida, the uh, city council recently passed a law banning saggy pants in public. All right, that's uh, I'm going to go go out on the limb and say that may be a little bit of an overreaching of of judicial power of of okay. public power. But you you are you're certainly allowed to write to make your own public decency codes, right? So uh right. you know, there you can't there are certain things you do, can do, certain things you can't. I think maybe the saggy pants is is pushing it a little far, but I'm I'm not really upset about it. What what do you have to say, Sean? I applaud it. I absolutely applaud it. I mean, it's ridiculous. You see him it <laughs> They'll do it so far now that it's like they're actually down almost around their knees. Yeah. And they've got, you know, the long boxers showing. It's like, come on, dude. I mean, really? I, I Hey, if you kind of want to do it a little bit and they look saggy, but you're not really showing anything, that's fine. But, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So the, the law that will uh, go into effect uh, at the new year uh, bans – Pants that expose underwear or skin more than three inches below the waistline on the street or the sidewalk or any other public property. Plumbers are going to be in trouble. (laughs) Here, okay. So, so that's the setup. That's the law. That's the issue. People who are going to be upset about this. Why do you think they might be upset about this? Because they think it's, uh, Racial profiling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Racial profiling. Not because it's an overreaching of public authority. Not because it impinges on civil rights. No, because apparently only black guys wear their saggy draws. So uh, they're saying that it gives police extra power to harass young black men. Now, here's my take on this. They're the ones who are being racist. By by their objection. It's not the city council. The city council said anybody who wears their pants on the ground is in trouble. The critics say, well, clearly only young black men do this, so this must be a racist law. You're showing what you think by what you um, object to. Yeah, that's that's one that always kills me. It's like, 
anytime they make a law that is against somebody looking or acting like a thug, then it's it, it's all of a sudden a racist issue. It's like, no, just don't look and act like a thug. You know? There's a quote here in the article. As disgusting as it may be, that is his civil right to do so. And I'm worried about enforcement. I fear the police officer getting some resistance and resorting to some means of doing bodily harm to a child. It's not your civil right. There isn't a right anywhere in the Constitution or in any laws written sense that say you have the right to wear your pants on the ground. Yeah, and, and then I also don't get that statement. Uh, a police officer getting some resistance and resorting to some means and doing bodily harm. Okay, police officer is not going to do bodily harm to somebody because they're wearing their pants on the ground. Okay, he's going to go up and write them a ticket. Now, if they get violent with that police officer, then yes, they are going to need some bodily harm. Well, the, the, the thing there is, is who, who defines violence of action. And, we, you know, we've seen this. We've seen overzealous little man syndrome cops who take oh, anything sure. as a threat. Well, and, and those guys need to be identified and fired and yeah, criminally prosecuted if they, if they um, you know, there's very well-defined uh, policies on the use of force. I mean, that's, that's like one of the basic rules uh, that any police officer is going to learn is use of force. And there's, a, there's an escalation uh, pattern that you're supposed to uh, adhere to. Um, and if you don't, and there are police officers who do get criminally prosecuted for excessive use of force, that's what we need to do. I mean, that's going to ruin a police officer's life. So uh, it's not something that's taken lightly. Um, there might be some areas where that's more problematic than others. And, but I say, yeah, we need to go after those cops just as much as we're going after pants saggers. And Element 340 in the chat room says this could affect girls who wear really low-rise jeans. Well, yeah, I'm okay with that, honestly. <laughs> if more than three inches of their junk is showing, we need to take some action. I'm okay with that. Well, and I've got a suggestion for these young men. If they really want to have that style, um, put on some boxers, then put on some pajama shorts, and then put some pants on. That way they're not showing their boxers, and they still have the style. I saw the perfect solution to this. I, you know, like I used to work in schools. Kids always had to get a, uh, around this sort of stuff. I thought this was the perfect solution, and I think it should be sweeping the country by storm. It was a pair of pants where the top four inches of it looked like boxer shorts they were there was actual pants mm -hmm. but it had a, a faux waistline at mid butt level and the rest of it was like plaid and looked like but it wasn't boxers it was pants i thought that's brilliant because now you can still have the look you can still look like an idiot and 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 be compliant with the rules because if your goal is to look like an idiot those are the way to go and can you can you imagine having that show up in somebody's court one day <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. See, that wouldn't work for the kids that do wear them around their knees and have their belt so tight that they can't walk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it cracks me up to watch these guys walk because they got to hold their pants up. So they're, they're, they're walking like, like they just crap their pants is what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's why their pants are down around their knees. <laughs> well, and then we all know, we all know the story of where that originates from too, right? I don't even want to go there. I don't want to go there.
Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just leave that at that. Mark, didn't we do a story uh, a few months ago about a guy who was like found in contempt of court or whatever for showing up in court like that? I don't remember that. Did we? I I thought we did a story that uh, was along those lines. Guy was sagging and, uh, or maybe it was the one that had all the drug paraphernalia all over his sweatshirt. You remember that? I don't, I don't remember. There's a friend of the network who actually showed up in traffic court wearing shorts and was told he shouldn't wear shorts. Ask Mr. Cherubino about that. Oh, because that's, uh, (laughs) that's, uh, disgraceful, disrespectful. Apparently so. So while we're on the subject of Scottish beers, um, A company, a Scottish brewery, um, uh, the firm, the the name of the company is called Brewmeister, has invented uh, a beer they call Armageddon. They say it is the most alcoholic beer ever created, containing one pint, 16 ounces, contains 37 units of alcohol. I don't know what a unit of alcohol is. Uh, but they say basically it's 65% alcohol. It's a beer that is 65% alcohol. That cannot taste good. That means it's 130 proof. Yes. Um, <laughs> Brewmeister says the beer should be consumed like a fine whiskey, adding that despite being 65%, the beer has a lot of flavor, malty, hoppy, slightly sweet, and lots of yeast. <laughs> but it will get you toe up. <laughs> I added that from the flow up. <laughs> they also Maybe that's add, what German dude was drinking when he lost. Yeah, that's car. right. They add that be careful. Smelling it is probably enough to put you over the limit. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Brewery founder uh, Louis Shand told uh, the Standard Media, uh, the phrase delivers a punch doesn't quite cut it. Delivers a supersonic charge explosion is probably more accurate. That could probably kill you. (laughs) You drink a pint of that stuff? Yeah, I could just see somebody shotgunning that, right? Where you you poke a hole in the can and open it. Uh, That's like like a case of beer. (laughs) Yeah. At all at once, right? Says the oh, previous. Come on. come on, John. Have you never had moonshine? Uh, well, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like a capful, right? I and mean, Jim you... calls himself the redneck. But we're we're learning a little more about Sean's Florida roots tonight, aren't we? <laughs> no, that wasn't in Florida. That was actually in Japan. And I worked for a general who um, he i don't i don't know where he got it somebody gave it to him but uh i don't know was it moonshine i guess no uh no i'm thinking everclear which is even worse oh yeah uh, <laughs> i think that's 180 proof isn't it isn't it 90 percent alcohol everclear yes yeah i mean basically yeah you did like a capful i mean you know that was dangerous stuff um not anything that you're really supposed to drink by itself <laughs> wow no, but that's disgusting. I mean, anybody, <laughs> have you guys had anything that's the, the really high alcohol content stuff? I mean, it tastes like gasoline. I don't drink, so it, it has no appeal to me at all. I, I think beer should be punishment for violent crimes. You murdered somebody here. Drink this Bud Light. That's your punishment. Oh, drink ever clear. <laughs> yeah, something something bad like that. Now, uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm not much of a drinker anymore either, but uh, uh, I I do like a nice ice cold beer every now and then. 
All right, so I think I'm going to wrap up tonight. I'm going to skip over some uh, some things, leave some things unsaid. This was a a full docket, but I'm going to wrap up tonight with a uh, uh, Facebook campaign uh, from the UK and the response to it. Uh, this is a video commercial ad, and of course, obviously, we're not going to have the video. You're going to have to listen to it. It's a minute forty five seconds. Uh, but first, let me say uh, uh, a fellow uh, by the name of Richard Neal posted a complaint uh, on his uh, on the Body Form is the name of the company Facebook page. Body Form makes feminine hygiene products, and uh, and he wrote uh, uh, in part, as a child, I watched your advertisements with interest as to how at this wonderful time of the month the female gets to enjoy so many things. I felt a little jealous. Then I got a girlfriend, and I was so happy I couldn't wait for this joyous, adventurous time of the month to happen. You lied. There was no joy, no extreme supports, no water spilling over the wings, no rocking soundtrack. No, 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 no. My lady changed from being the loving, gentle lady to the little girl from The Exorcist with venom and 360-degree head spin. (laughs) So that's kind of funny, because if you've seen ads for... uh, um, feminine hygiene products they do tend to be uh overly sensationalized body form uh being all the uh willing to play along created a mock video from the fake ceo of the company responding to richard and the title is richard we lied so here we go i'm gonna play that for you hello richard i'm caroline williams the ceo of body form We read your Facebook post with interest, but also a sense of foreboding, and I think it's time we came clean. We lied to you, Richard, and I want to say sorry. Sorry. What you've seen in our advertisements so far isn't a factual representation of events. You're right. The flagrant use of visualizations such as skydiving, rollerblading and mountain biking, you forgot horse riding, Richard, are actually metaphors. They're not real. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but there's no such thing as a happy period. The reality is, some people simply can't handle the truth. In the past, we've tried to be more honest in our approach. In the 1980s, we ran a series of focus groups to help us gauge the public's reaction to periods. The cramps, the mood swings, the insatiable hunger. And yes, Richard, the blood coursing from our uteri like a crimson landslide. So, we knew we'd have to change our strategy. And so, from that day to this, we have managed to maintain this illusion. But you, Richard, have torn down that veil and exposed this myth, thereby exposing every man to a reality we hoped they would never have to face. You did that, Richard. You. Well done. I just hope you can find it in your heart to forgive us. Oh, sorry, Richard. You did know that we do that too. So that's the ad. Uh, I just I love it when a company doesn't take itself too seriously, and that's good on you, Body Form. <laughs> wow, that's that's perfect. That's a perfect ending. <laughs> so Body Form admits we lied, Richard. We lied. That's it. You're all speechless now. <laughs> Yes. Hey, so, I'm just wondering, uh, hasn't he noticed this himself over the years, or is he just, he's got his head stuck in the sand. Yeah, actually. something like that. Yeah, okay. stuck So somewhere. did he just go like from one relationship to another, be like, 
no, can I return this one? This one, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't working out the way that it does on TV. Well, it said he finally got a girlfriend, so maybe it took him a while to to be actually around uh, a woman who was fertile. <laughs> so, uh, Barbie is the as the resident female on the panel. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> you, Careful, you put that on purpose, did you? <laughs> Excellent commentary. Thank you. Your your insights are valuable. <laughs> okay but that in in all fairness that'd be like one of us going on a, a panel show with three women talking about er, erectile dysfunction yeah. <laughs> yeah a bunch of guys sitting around talking about itchy ball syndrome <laughs> <laughs> you ever scratch so hard it bleeds <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I apologize. <laughs> so this is a good time. No, actually, about 45 seconds ago would have been a good time. This is actually a terrible time, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to end the show now. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's, that's the show title. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> So, guys, would you like to tell people how they can contact you? Because I think people might have something to say to us after this show. Nope, uh, I do not want anybody <laughs> contacting me after this show. <laughs> but, hey, 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 Sean, before before we end off, I'm sorry to do this, Mark, but uh, you know, with your interest in that uh, in that uh, whiskey, and you know that. And that website that accompanies that whiskey. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I thought of another uh, Google search you need to do that might interest you. Uh, do a Google search for sexy CPR. He's doing it now. He's not even waiting till after the show. He's actually looking it up right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are several videos. <laughs> I couldn't get Carabino to put this on nuts at night. I don't know why. Yeah. So moving right along. <laughs> Did that do a good job of derailing Mark? That's uh that's Jim Beeson. <laughs> also known as the Redneck Geek. Uh, Twitter Twitter Jim Beeson. I'll take all complaints. No problem. Uh there there is a thread under the periodic table forum that you can also post that that i post that once a week you can certainly uh, post there as well excellent mrs opie do you have anything to say i think you can um take my complaints <laughs> <laughs> she will make her her issues known personally <laughs> good thing i've got a comfortable couch <laughs> so uh, uh you got padding on the wall there you can borrow if you need to. that's right <laughs> i can always sleep on my wall um, so Sean has no email address. Uh, no, you can, uh, you can find me over at G spirits.com. <laughs> you can at least find his browser there quite often. <laughs> yeah. Find me on the forum 24 seven, uh, interact, chat with me. <laughs> he basically lives there. Uh, elementop.com is where you will find other shows more serious than this one I promise um, check them out also hop in the forums there make your uh, voice heard if you want to uh, send me weird links Jim sent about half of these tonight uh, Pete 
uh, Kaikendall sent some. Mutt Boy sent some. We, uh, it was a, a lot of stuff tonight. I've, uh, I've given up trying to keep track of all of them. But thanks, guys. Uh, I assume Mutt Boy is a guy. Uh, <laughs> for for your participation, uh, thank you, Mrs. Opie, for being with us. And uh, uh, if you're still married to me next week, maybe you'll come back. <laughs> and I'm calling it. That's it. That's going to end this episode of The Periodic Table.